Hi, I'm Madonna. I'm your worst nightmare. To rule the world. Why don't you show them what you do, honey? You've never had more fun with anyone else. People, people, we gotta move on to the next song. Right? Somewhere I'm sweet between. and I'm a bitch, you know what I mean? And that's always been the way it is. I'm, I'm a human being. <laughs> I'm waiting. You're listening to MLVC, the Madonna podcast, your place for all things Madonna Louise, Veronica Ciccone. Hey, everybody, it's Stefan. Hey, guys, it's Tony. Um, what's everyone's Halloween costume going to be? Is this going to be an indoor thing this year? Ooh. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I'll love to see everyone actually wearing masks on Halloween. It'll be the first time <laughs> everyone wants to wear a mask. Oh, my God. Uh, How's it going, Stefan? It's going good. Welcome to the show, everyone. Today on the podcast, we are joined by Dan DeLeon. Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are you guys? Hey, Dan. How how are you doing today? (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. It's it's a nice rainy day. It's been raining the last couple of days. I I like this weather. So it's, um, it's, it's cool. It's just a nice change from the sunny. Very nice. Yeah, it gives you a chance to sort of like cuddle up on a couch with a good podcast, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce you guys to DJ Dan DeLeon. Dan's latest remix work includes Madonna's Billboard number one dance single, Crave, on Interscope Records. He's also done remixes for Deborah Cox, Timbaland, Nelly Furtado, Christine W., Debbie Holiday, and many, many more. His latest artist singles, Lionheart, featuring... Oh my God, am I going to say this right? Amanda and Money, Success, Fame, and Glamour featuring Nina Flowers from Drag Race are available now on his own label, Pump Records. Dan's debut single, Show You, was signed by DJ Chus and his partners Pablo Ceballos and Carlos Calico, released on their label, Stereo Productions, with subsequent releases by Global Underground and Tommy Boy Records. Dan's label, Pump Records, has become an industry go-to with releases featuring some of today's Hottest Dance Floor Divas and hand-picked producer discoveries. Dan is also a co-producer of some of the largest gay events in the nation, and his partnership with LA's Artificial People and his longtime relationship with Caesars Entertainment Resorts keep him very busy. Welcome, Dan, and tell us anything that I may have missed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. Um, Thanks for inviting me on, and um, yeah, you, you pretty much got it, got it all there. That's good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. At the end of the show, we'll let everyone know where they can find you on all social media. But we're very excited to have you on the show. Um, also very excited to uh, get right down into it and find out about your production for the remix of Crave. Sure. Yes, but, sure. but before we get to a, little, <laughs> a couple questions about Crave. Am I getting ahead of myself? I, th- I think we need to do a little This Week in Chaconi just because there's been a lot going on in the Madonna-verse. In the yeah, she's in still the- doing it, right? So I think the biggest thing since we, our last episode was she's broken the internet. She's has come forth with a new haircut and a new hair color. She's got pink hair. What, what are your thoughts on this, guys? I, um, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Dan. I think, you know, I, I, I love the way she's always doing stuff that's unexpected and, um, and kind of, you know, being her own person and, um, you know, blazing her own trail, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's like a lot of people can point at her and say, oh, 
you know, uh, you, you can't, you can't look at her and say, Oh, you know, that's been done or look at, look at Madonna. She's so tired. I mean, like she's always pulling another rabbit out of the hat. So Mm -hmm. that's pretty amazing. I think she looks kind of, kind of great. I I think this is the first time she's done this type of drastic overhaul with her image without it being a wig in a very, very long Mm -hmm. time. Like for the most part, she's been, trotting out those you know the dark roots with the long blonde hair and like now she's sort of got a little bit of a bob going on it's very reminiscent of i want you video yeah i i I like the haircut the hair color is very strawberry quick slash easter bunny oh yeah i um yeah it's a cute look i hope i hope that this was done in a very uh healthy and professional way because as we remember in 1993 Madonna dyed her hair red and literally started falling out in clumps that's why she had had her hair so short for the girly show yes so let's hope that is not the case I'm assuming it's maybe for Madame X perfume ads she's gonna film or do promotional photos for or something something perfume related well speaking of Madame X perfume seems to be uh pushing along at least she promoted it this week yeah i uh I, i'm still curious as to what the sense gonna be and i saw something online about it being it retailing for 190 euros if that's the case i shall only be sniffing it at the <laughs> department store i shall not be owning it sounds like it smells like cold hard cash yeah <laughs> yeah uh, that's a little bit above my um, unless there it goes to the basement bin of target i shan't be owning a bottle <laughs> I mean, it, it is it is a lot if that's the case. I mean, I'm still paying off my bills, loans, and administrations from the Madame X tour experience. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather I'd rather it be 190 dollars and be unattainable than it yeah. be something that you know ends up at Kohl's or at <laughs> right? you know, and you like see it there with everybody else's. Like it's like at least <laughs> if it's very few of them made, <laughs> it's very unattainable. It's kind of like special, and even if you don't know what it smells like, it just yeah. feels good to know it's there. Yeah, there's nothing sure. sadder than waiting in line at the to check out at the supermarket and seeing all those like old discounted boxes of like, perfume and like if the Madame X perfume was sidled up against like the Britney Spears or like um, Midnight um, Fantasy umpteenth umpteenth you know like Debbie Gibson perfume or something it's, mm-hmm. yeah it would just it, it wouldn't be a good look. Um, yeah, you have to explain to our younger fans that um, Debbie Gibson was- Debbie Gibson had the electric youth perfume that smelled like ass, and it was yeah. everywhere for about three yeah. Debbie months. Gibson was an artist back in the eighties who sort of was like a friendly, like a family friendly version of Madonna that they that the industry tried to launch out. And she was, she was cute. The, yeah, she was the Casper the friendly ghost of Madonna. Yeah, it was. Yeah. But and, and I actually met Debbie Gibson in person once. She's beautiful and friendly and has a lovely smile. But all right, but we're going to talk about Madonna here. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. So she's still she's still working on the biopic apparently because her and Diablo were were together. And from the the copious amount of uh, post-it notes that I saw in the script Madonna was holding. It seems that they are in the revision stages. So. That is oh, so that's, that's I have to say when I heard about that, I was just like, Oh my God, that's so exciting because, you know, and I went back and I, and I, I, I started watching um, W E again, just to kind of like, you know, look at what that looked like again, because yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, she's going to direct something again. And um, you know, it's, 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 you know, ultimately she's, she has exquisite taste. If there's, if nothing else, you know, she knows how to like pick things out um, that are going to, you know, come across uh, like in an exciting way. Like it's, it's it, her taste level is just, you know, really, really good. 
And I don't know, I kind of admire that about her. I mean, I, you know, I, I feel like, you know, when I see something that really turns me on, you know, I'm attracted to it and I gravitate towards that. But the way that she can do that with total confidence and kind of, you know, do that over and over again and keep creating things that, um, that have that kind of magic is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually really curious and looking forward to seeing how they're going to interpolate the music and how that's going to come off, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious as like the tone and well, and then also uh, making a big splash with the biopic has been uh, actress Ann Winters. Uh, she's been mm-hmm. uh, she's an actress uh, who's in a lovely show. Uh, I, I cried my way through it on, on Netflix the other day or uh, Hulu. I forget which one. And uh, she's been campaigning to land the role and she's doing Madonna proud. I got to say she's she's a go getter. Yeah, she mm-hmm. has been tagging Madonna and Gaia Siri up a storm and she flew to New York the other week to what I assume was putting together an audition tape for the movie helmed by none other than Madonna and the breakfast club docudrama director and former guest Guy Guido. So that was exciting. I, of course they're not slipping a peep as to what they were up to, but uh, I'm sure all will be revealed shortly. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, Anne is, going about this the right way you know she's putting herself out there on social media this is nothing like you know sean young putting on cat ears and crashing the set of batman (laughs) returns or batman begins or whatever uh you know so you know good luck to ann and uh, everyone else that's auditioning for this role because i mean these are big shoes to fill guys amen to that oh and then last bit of this week in jaconi uh if you've not heard it yet um Tony and I make a little guest stint on uh, the latest episode of Inside the Groove with Edward Russell. So That's right. That'll be out on Friday, and we have a bit of fun with Edward, and I uh, hope you guys get a chance to listen. Yeah, it's a little lively debate where we, Tony and I try to convince Edward which Madonna's most underrated track from the past four decades <laughs> should be... The, the next track he covers on his episode. So tune into that because it's a, yeah. it's a lot oh, of fun. And w- one more thing, because I'm always late to everyone's party. Uh, did you guys know that the music remix EP is on is streaming now? Yes. Oh, you are late to the party. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I've I been just... jamming. I've been jamming to that at the gym for the last couple of weeks. Chris Cost Mega Mix, anyone? <laughs> Let's get that released. I haven't, I haven't been like tracking, you know, everything that you like. You know, there's so many things to follow that I like. Oh I yeah. Follow. You don't that. have you don't have your Madonna notifications turned on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you'd think like you know I would, but um, I guess maybe I'm a bad I'm a bad fan. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> no, not a bad fan. Just. <laughs> You're busy. You know, just, you've got you've not, got stuff exactly. going on. You know. <laughs> so let's um let's just get in there then. Let's dive uh, in. Yeah, Dan. So tell us. Well, first of all, tell us where you are, and then tell us how and where you discovered Madonna as an artist. And so I'm in New York City now. Um, I grew up in LA. I'm from Argentina. I moved to LA when I was a kid, and um, and uh, I lived in LA until I was uh, in my mid twenties. I moved to San mm-hmm. Diego, and I kind of went back and forth between San Diego and LA a bit. Um, and then I moved to Vegas, uh, for a couple of years now I'm in New York. Um, so I, um, you know, I, I came across Madonna as a kid. My sisters were older. Um, uh, my youngest sister is 10 years older. So when I was, you know, around, you know, 10, 11 years old, kind of going through puberty, um, my, uh, sisters were in their twenties. So 
Madonna was all the rage then, right? This is like 1987, you know, 1988. Mm -hmm. So um, that's when I first kind of came across it. And I, you know, I didn't, um, I don't know why, but I became like Madonna's biggest fan. I remember at 11 years old, Christmas that year, um, every single gift I got from everybody in my family was either like a Madonna poster or like Madonna themed something. It's and I the was best Christmas of, ever. <laughs> yeah, right. I was thinking to myself, like, oh my God, like, do they, you know, think I'm weird? You know, because I was still figuring out my own sexuality and mm-hmm. I, I was kind of discovering, you know, in my own mind that there was something different about me. But um, um, I just loved Madonna, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was funny, you know. So ever since I was a kid, I've totally idolized, idolized Madonna. And then when I found out more about astrology later, um, as I was, you know, like in my early 20s, and I met my my best friend who was my my, my first love and my first like serious boyfriend um, who uh, comes back into this story later on. Um, Intrigue. Yeah, he, um, he, you know, we looked up the astrological signs of all these people, and Madonna and I have the same sun and the same moon. We're both Leos with Virgo moons. She has a Virgo rising where I have an Aquarius rising, so there's a little bit of difference in there. But, like, it, in a lot of ways, like, we are very similar. Like, you know, my the sort of way that I'm ruled by my passions and, you know, I, I have to kind of like do what I want to do. And, you know, I want to rule the world. I mean, there's a reason why all of these things about her turned me on so much. Right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really get that until I started learning more about her later. Um, but I love everything that she does because it makes me feel like all this crazy shit that I do is, you know, it, feels better, you know? Yeah, it feels normal. (laughs) Well, lucky for you, you're not a Scorpio. Yeah, well, you know, I've met met nice Scorpios and I've met darker Scorpios, but um, Scorpios... Did you hear that story, though, that Madonna refused to work with David Guetta for MDNA because he's a Scorpio? Oh, no, I didn't hear that. Yeah, but is that true, though? Because I heard that um, Stuart Price is also a Scorpio and she worked with him. Good that's point, Stefan. Good point. I, I'm just, I, I mean, look, I, that's, I see, I, I don't know who put that story out. I forget who, where I saw that. But mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody, I think I saw somebody tweet the story about her not working with David Guetta. And then somebody replied to that saying, yeah, but she worked with Stuart Price and he's a Scorpio too. So, you know, David Guetta is a really interesting case because I think that there was a, there was a moment, you know, an MDNA is around that same time where David Guetta was kind of, you know, peaking on his, um, on his, you know, hyper celebrity status and yeah. kind of, you know, sort of living this like, you know, number one DJ in the world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't musically or creatively really pushing any boundaries at that point. He was just kind of like, you know, doing the next David get a track with the next, you know, person doing the, you know, doing the, 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 the partnership with him on the next record or whatever. Yeah. And now that he's um, diversified and launched this sort of like this um, alternative brand, you know, with Jack Black, um, it's it's really interesting because now he's doing tech house and he's creating music that is um, totally underground and totally amazing. And I definitely have you know been blown away by sort of like the resurgence of creativity coming from him over yeah. the last couple of years. And I had kind of written him off like you know just like you know you know commercialized you know sellout. So um, props to David Guetta for mm-hmm. you know bringing his mojo back because um, well that could have just been you know David probably saw the money 
And it was like, you know what? People are going to call me a sellout, but let me let me get kind of wealthy, and <laughs> then once I, once I don't have to worry about paying rent or yeah. paying paying off my credit debt, then I can start doing some experimental shit again. And yeah. and and Madonna could have seen the fact that he was just doing commercial stuff and didn't want to be attached to that. And instead of saying, I don't want to do commercial shit like that, she just said, no, he's a Scorpio because it sounds better. (laughs) (laughs) So Dan, so, you know, since we're on the topic of MDNA, what do you think about that album? And do you think that it was successful as far as Madonna courting DJs and kind of going, you know, because she went to Ultra that year. And I, you know, I feel like she kind of touched upon that with, um, well, she was with Avicii. But, I mean, she, you know, she sort of went a little. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm asking, you know, Dan, as far as like, as a DJ, did you feel like she was courting, you know, the, the, the dance world, you know, like specifically for the first time? Um. Uh. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, I have sh- actually, I'm like, I'm going back and I'm looking at the, at the entire like sort of discography, um, the whole the whole series of like which album came out when mm-hmm. i mean i really liked mdna um you know music was definitely like a big moment for me again but um um i you know yeah i liked mdna i mean it was it was it was fun um i don't think i can point to you know any you know any song i mean girl gone wild was really great and i yeah. remember doing you know mashups and stuff of that uh gang bang too and you know but like you know turn up the radio also but like it wasn't i don't think it was as consequential as some of the other albums i think that i mean it was cute and it was kind of like a nice Mm -hmm. moment in time i don't i don't think it's one of those that you know people are going to point out and be like oh that was like you know really important um, yeah i I agree i feel like when we get to you know looking back at madonna's work uh rebel heart and mdna will be in the category of too many cooks i mean that's my opinion drag me for it you know. Oh, and you know people <laughs> will. Um, they're, they're, they're writing letters right now, Tony. <laughs> so, Rebel Heart, Rebel Heart's definitely. I mean, I feel like I feel like she went further, maybe with Rebel Heart. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I, Rebel Heart was the first first time that I've been, you know, backstage and like experienced that whole thing. You know, of like you know going, you know, like being there and feeling like I was a part of the family or something, but oh, okay. So hold, pause on that. What backstage you're burying the lead. What's, what's going on so, there well, backstage me, with Madonna. So, <laughs> that should so be in I, your bio. That should be in your, <laughs> I was backstage with Madonna. So I'm trying to remember the, the tour, I guess it was, let's see, uh, MDNA hard. I think it was the hard candy tour. Sticky the, sweet. The, the sticky and sweet tour, tour, right. Where she, uh, at Dodger stadium in LA, she came on stage with, um, with uh, Britney Spears and then Justin mm-hmm. Timberlake came out too. Um, I think that was the Sticky and Sweet tour. Yeah, um, it was because Britney yeah. had that uh, the video for uh, with um, I'm not human sorry. human nature. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like 2000 whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that's the first time I actually saw a tour of hers in person. And um, I remember seeing the, um, so we're just talking about like me and sort of like my understanding of like her tours and stuff. Um, so let's roll back a little further. So in 2003 or four or something like that, um, this guy, Sean Brethwaite, who I had met um, and, you know, we had had this relationship. We had broken up a couple years later. So this is like 2002. We break up and he was um, pursuing a career in, in dancing and um, uh, entertainment in L.A. And I was, you know, in L.A. And at the time I was making films, I 
had made an independent film when I was a teenager that went to Sundance and I sold that to cable TV. And then I, I, I made a short film. And so, so, you know, I was surrounded by people that were, that were in entertainment, you know, trying to like, you know, make their dreams come true and whatnot. And, um, Sean was a really amazing person and we connected on a lot of different levels and we, we maintained uh, a friendship, you know, to this day, we're best friends. So on American life, he was actually cast by Madonna and, um, and Jamie King, uh, as, uh, one of the, as one of the, uh, uh, models that goes down the runway and that's the that's the video that in 2003 was banned from mtv because mm -hmm. Saddam hussein and like you know all this stuff like getting blown up so uh or, or rather george bush you know whatever yeah so the video was never seen until later like now you can watch it on youtube but my friend sean is in that video well that video shoot was an amazing experience for him that's when he met Jamie King for the first time. And then a few years later, Jamie H King and him became partners. And now they're, they're, they've been partners to this day. They've been together for like, I don't know, six or seven years, something like oh, that. Wow. Um, so that's how my introduction to like the sort of the Madonna universe first happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the whole, the whole, you know, the whole thing in entertainment is, you know, like there's, there's this thing about who you know, but there's also there's also a very true um, a very true uh, you know adage that it, you have to make things happen for yourself. You know, like people don't hand you things. So even though I was connected, you know, at this really high level with somebody who you know is directing all her shows and is sort of a creative partner of hers on everything, um, and that was an amazing thing to sort of hear about and see on a regular basis. Um, I had to fight, you know, my own fight to try and get myself heard in terms of like her, you know, remix work and like being, you know, getting on one of her albums and whatever. And that was always my dream. I mean, like I mm -hmm. said, since I was a kid, that was like a really big deal for me. So um, the person who gave me my first break in, um, in you know, remixing and production like for for hire, um, his name's Orlando Puerta. He sadly passed uh, earlier this year. Um, due to complications, he's, he had a lot of health problems, but I believe oh, sorry, it was due yeah. to complications with coronavirus and all that. Um, so that's really horrible. But he was her her marketing guy for forever, from Warner's and then Maverick, and then he left Maverick and he started his own uh, record promotion business, which um, he continued um, working with her as a consultant. He was basically the one who was in charge of marketing all of the remix packages to uh, billboard DJs. And I'm, I'm one of the billboard DJs on, on the club play chart. So we vote every week and that creates the, the, what, what you see is the club play chart in billboard right. magazine. So that relationship was something that had just started, you know, whatever, 20, I don't know, 2008, 2009, something like that around the time that I first saw um, her live, which was at that, a hard candy show which blew my mind by the way um and it's funny because at that time sean and jamie weren't together yet and i remember going to hard candy and being so blown or, or sick and sweet rather and being so blown away by the way they used dodger stadium at the time i didn't know i i called it they because or her because i didn't know it was jamie who does this stuff but um you know the entire stadium was filled with smoke at one point um, during rain and it was like thunder and lightning and it was amazing. I mean, to fill a 40,000 seat stadium with smoke where you can't mm -hmm. see anything and then to have these effects that are that size, that are that scaled up, it was such an amazing thing to see 
Um, and then at the end, they had this laser, this multi-laser effect that spelled out game over like you would see at the end of yeah. a video game. But it was floating in midair, almost like like a hologram because they were projecting it from the stage through the smoke out towards the audience. Mm-hmm. And it was this, you know, game over, like floating in midair, you know, in the middle of the whole stadium. It was it was an amazing thing to see. And then when I met Jamie for the first time, which was um, at the um, at the uh, premiere of the um, Michael Jackson Immortal World Tour at uh, at Mandalay Bay, which now has turned into the the uh, Michael Jackson One Show there, yeah. um, <clears throat> that was the first time I'd ever met him. So I was like, you know, at dinner afterwards, I was like, you know, by the way, like the Sticky and Sweet Tour, like, oh my god, like, and I started talking about all these different things, and and it was a real, you know cool compliment for him because most people just talk about, you know, whatever, like a song or, but I'm really interested in the effects and all the, you know, stuff that happens, you know, like all the little mechanical secrets. So it's, that was a really amazing experience. Just um, sort of being able to share that with him and, you know, have it be something that was a rare compliment that the kind that he doesn't usually get. Um, So several years went by and, um, they were working on the Super Bowl halftime show, and of course, every every single thing that happens with her is um, involves involves Jamie, and then Sean's always in the orbit, sort of helping out as well. So it's been kind of you know, um, I have to like bite my you know bite my nails and like you know bite my lip and kind of like bite my tongue or whatever because I'm constantly hearing about this stuff and I'm desperately trying to like get deeper and deeper and closer to like actually being a part of one of these remix packages. Oh yeah. Um, so with, um, you know, after rebel heart where, um, we were, I was invited to go as their guests. So I wasn't yet a part of the, of the, you know, of the sort of, you know, of the Madonna musical, uh, thing yet, mm-hmm. but just, you know, as friends of these people, um, I was invited to go and, you know, had, you know, stage side seats and all this sort of thing. And then afterwards, and it was amazing. It was an amazing thing to watch. It was an amazing thing to see um, elements because Rebel Heart was, that tour came right after um, the, uh, the the Michael Jackson Immortal thing and the um, the uh, co-production with Cirque du Soleil. So I, I could see some of the Cirque du Soleil elements and sort of the Cirque du Soleil inspired stuff that was brought into Rebel Heart, which was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and afterwards, we all went back to a Hollywood nightclub that she had rented out um, as a post party. And there was maybe 30 of us, um, a couple of Avengers, um, you know, Madonna sitting in a corner next to the DJ with the cowboy hat on. And it was just really weird because you're in this like club that, you know, you could have 800 people in. And there's like 30 people there and we're all sort of standing there with a cocktail and she was like not in the mood. So (laughs) (laughs) because she was decompressing and when she's sitting by herself in the corner. Imagine that Madonna not being in the mood. (laughs) I mean, I was like, I was like, you know, like twisting their arm. I was like, I've got to meet Madonna. (laughs) She is 10 feet away. Um, But, you know, they're like, no, she's not. It's not the right. It's no, she's, she's not talking to anybody. So, you know, it's interesting to see that side of somebody too. Um, you know, I've heard so many amazing things like, um, when they were, uh, doing the, I think it was the rebel heart tour. They were doing Yankee stadium and they Mm -hmm. flew out there. It was like the opening of the tour or something. And, um, she was rehearsing and she would do the songs 
and then she would jump on a they had a um a uh, you know a um a uh you know like a like a peloton bike like a you know like a like a, yeah, like a stationary bike. bike yeah yeah like a stationary bike on stage so she would do the performance and the and the rehearsal jump on the stationary bike and go full speed in between the numbers <laughs> And she would do that for the entire rehearsal so that when she actually had to perform, she could do it like it was no big deal. Right. She could be appropriately winded. It was like, yeah, she would like, it was like a breeze. So that's, that's something else. That's like this really cool, like, you know, little tidbit that like, you can't imagine somebody doing that. Like, you know, all these dance numbers, all this singing, all this stuff. And there she is rehearsing the, the final, final rehearsal. And she's, cycling on this bike it's such it's just the you know what that what kind of a person does that like that's amazing like that's just well, she's, she's an athlete so she's you know that's part of her training it's you know it's like with, yeah and i mean to to i mean it's such a great idea too because then you know that you're going to be able to breeze right through the real performance you know mm-hmm. and you won't be winded at all you're it's going to be much more comfortable that way so that's that's incredible so so that's kind of like my history with Madonna um, before actually like working for her with her. Um, well, that's my next question for you. So tell us how your remix collaboration came about. Because you're the one I crave. <laughs> I so, mean, well, and, and here's a fun fact. You know, Stefan also did a remix of Crave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. I totally did. Um, yeah, well, they, um, they. I don't know if you had had heard. She, yeah, had, heard, uh, yeah. she did that partnership with Apple. And, right, 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 right. Um, yeah, I got to take the little class, and it was fun. It was my first exposure to <laughs> using GarageBand, and uh, it was really fun. I mean, I'm sure you know it's fun to sort of – have those stems available to you right. and right. just be able to like hear her isolated vocals and right. hear just the isolated different. I'm, I'm sure we only had, I think we got like four stems as opposed to, I'm sure there were many more stems that went into yeah. making Crave. Right. Stems, like you, you didn't know what to do with all the stems, but it was, but it's, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes there could be too many stems. You're just like, Oh yeah. my God. Too many stems. But um, yeah. So, yeah. So talk us through. So for obviously, you you know the you know, we we don't need to know the intricate intricacies of the business details, but sure. like when you are given uh, a song of Madonna's, what goes through your mind? Like, how am I going to approach this, or what? Or are you given creative direction in any way? Oh yeah, no. I mean, you know, I mean, because we know, like, you know, sort of like the general mixture of like, you know, what. First of all, like we don't exactly know who's going to get approved and who isn't. With an artist like that, you you don't get just straight up hired. Like there'll be a couple of guys that are straight up hired. Like Ofernism was straight up hired, um, you know, right off the bat. So mm-hmm. you know, Ofernism knows that he's going to get paid and knows that his, uh, re- you know, that his mix is going to get released. Um, so did Tracy Young. Those were those were two mixes that were, you know. Um, kind of locked in from the get-go on all of the records. So, you know, pretty much, um, you know, all of the different singles we're going to have uh, tracing on over, overism remixes mm-hmm. on them. But um, outside of that, you know, there's there's some leeway. So um, what will happen is you'll be approached. So Orlando approached me and he's like, hey, so, you know, I've got the the new Madame X stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to do all of them, you know. <laughs> was like, okay, well, let's just start, you know, with um, with the first one. Um, uh, 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 Medellin? 
Medellin, right. And um, thank you. Sorry, I'm like spacing because I'm on the spot. Okay. Um, so we started we with... Forget, the, don't apologize. We forget Madonna facts <laughs> all the time. Yeah, and then people tell us about it. You know. <laughs> um, that's not actually how she did that. You were mistaken. That was the one before that. And this, I'm like, we get it. We know. We're sorry. We didn't have our computer totally, in front of us. I could totally imagine that. Like the yeah. comic screen must be <laughs> crazy. Oh my God, they come for us. It's like, I get it. I know. Sorry. But you know what? At least we're all on the same team, right? Exactly. exactly. So, we're all rooting for her. <laughs> so yeah so so first of all so you know it's like okay so here's the Medellin vocals and here's the stuff and basically the deal is you know you 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 produce the, the thing and you've got like a deadline and then they the mixes are are presented to her um and she chooses which mixes will will be used um so i started working at the time i was dating somebody his name's anthony grego and he uh he and I were working on things together and I was kind of mentoring him and whatever. And at the same time, I'm learning about, um, you know, so I, I, I take it upon myself to kind of dive into Madame X before even starting the project. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, you know, this is, this is like the biggest remix moment of my career. You know, like I'm finally able to not only remix, you know, the number one artist, number one album, number one record, you know, in the world all at the same time, but uh, it's Madonna, right? It's it's my my music idol, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was a really big deal. So and it's part of her legacy too, right? Yeah, no, it's amazing. Um, and I really, I really wanted to understand what her point of view was for the album. And I'd heard a little bit from Sean and Jamie, you know, about like, you know, like she's this like detective or whatever, you know, they were talking about it. Cause like, you know, even before, you know, anybody really knew what was going on. Like I was hearing little, little bits and pieces of like what it was going to be about. And I'm like, what does that mean? And what, what is that? You know? And Jamie produces all of the, um, he produces all of that, the, the visual material that you see on the tours, like on the screens and in the videos, like a lot of that visual material um, of her with the, with the costumes, a lot of that is produced in advance or produced for the tour and then repurposed in a lot of different right. ways. So it's really, really interesting to hear about that stuff and where the inspirations for all this stuff comes from. So anyway, so, okay. Madame X is this, you know, secret agent, you know, romantic secret agent, you know, this, um, you know, sort of like um, undercover lover, right? Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, searching for this the this truth or the secrets about, you know, who, somebody she's dating or somebody she's with or somebody she's in love with or something like that, right? This is sort of where I started approaching it from. And then I start listening to the songs one after the other, and it started becoming really clear to me that it's, you know, like Medellin is so beautiful because I mean, this, the album means a lot to me because I feel like it came along just the right point in my life where I was going through the exact same experience with this person I was dating, who I was approaching this remix with. And it was really uncanny and really bizarre. So I was actually finding out a lot of stuff that I did not like. And a lot of, you know, there was a lot of detectiving going on um, in the background as we're, I, you know, I'm learning about this album and what these songs mean, right? So 
um, Medellin, you know, is about like that, you know, that whirlwind sort of like weekend at a rave, you know, romance where you take an ecstasy and, you know, don't believe it. It's not love, you know, that sort of a thing, you know, you've been partying with somebody for three days and you're totally enamored with them. Um, that's what it meant to me, you know what I mean? And, and it was, it was an interesting experience. We took way too long to get it done. By the time we got it done, um, and delivered it, it was too late. So she Mm -hmm. didn't even consider it. I rise. So I rise was the next one. And, um, you know, I hadn't heard it yet, so I didn't even know, like, you know, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to skip it. I'm just, I actually, no, I had heard it, but it was, it didn't, it didn't have the same significance for me that it does now. And right. I'll tell you why in a second, but I skipped to Crave. So I figured that we'll have more time. So I start diving into Crave. And when you start ripping Crave apart, Crave is about being in a, being in love with somebody or being in a relationship that's really dangerous for you, that's toxic. And that's exactly what I was in. So the entire process, we ended up breaking up right in the middle of kind of, you know, getting into Crave. So I left the credit the way that it was with the two of us on the record. Um, but it was a really gut-wrenching experience. I basically finished the remix by myself and um, it was a horrible, horrible, horrible breakup. And it's cost me a lot in terms of, you know, what I put into it and what I tried to do for somebody. You know, I tried to, Uh I tried to save somebody. Um, And that is, to me, that's what the song is about. You know, so every time I hear these songs, you know, and then I rise reminds me of how I feel now, you know, how I feel coming out of that um, sort of, you know, realizing that, you know, you've got to take care of yourself and you've got to, you know, you've, you you know, you, you have to, you have to make sure that, you know, you don't fall into some kind of darkness. And there's all these songs in between all those, you know, in the album, you know, whether it's God Control or Dark Ballet or, you know, all these songs, you know, uh, what's the one called? Party. Uh, Party. Killers or Partying. Right, right. And that's a crazy song, too. I mean, like, yeah. it's it's mind boggling, like how much I related to this album um so that's that's where we that's that's sort of what the process was like um that's why it's such a crazy experience for me um when we finally when i finally did finish the crave remix um i sent it in um it was the first mix in and the first mix approved um so that felt really really good um and um i heard right away so that was really exciting and um you know i um I'll forever, you know, feel uh, like, you know, Orlando has made a, you know, tremendous impact in my life from uh, giving me my first paid remix to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, allowing me to be a part of, you know, giving me this opportunity to be a part of Madame X. Um, You know, it really was a beautiful friendship with him. And, um, and, and yeah, and the rest is, is, is history you know i i i was going to try and remix another one but they you know the the they sort of after crave the whole single release strategy just kind of fell apart like it wasn't really they stopped you know it, it wasn't really being approached the same way anymore right. so the first three uh medellin i rise and crave um were approached really strongly and heavily with support of the label and after that it just there just wasn't a lot of support left so um, 
Dan, do you, do you know do you know if they were commissioning remixes for God Control? Um, yeah, we were talking about God Control, and um, um, he was going to send me the uh, the parts, so uh-huh. I was going to do a mix uh, for God Control, but then it never happened, and I remember getting the call from him that he was putting together the you know the platinum record plaques like the you know the you know the um you know those yeah for presentation yeah yeah those presentation plaques that you put on the wall with the big platinum record and we were all going to get one and he died right after that um it's really sad you know so like but anyway it, it was a it was an amazing experience and um you know i'm so happy to to have been involved with these people i feel like a lot of the people in that orbit um, whether it's Jamie or Orlando, or a lot of these people in that orbit are just amazing people. I mean, mm-hmm. amazing people, extremely talented people, very hardworking people. And she works them really hard. Um, you know, oh, yeah. she's very demanding. <laughs> um, she's, you know, you know, but she, you know, but she, she, she loves them too. So it's, it's a, um, it's, a, it's an interesting relationship that they all have with her because, they love her, but she's just very intense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's kind of how people feel about me in my orbit. So, <laughs> so, so anyway. Um, well, I'm curious to which Madonna remixes, and this is from the beginning of her career until, you know, this last record. So which Madonna remixes do you love or and which producer stands out to you as, you know, let's say the, the top three producers that have remixed tracks for Madonna, which one's? Stick out. I mean, I, I have to say, just from my own background, you know, that uh, uh, Junior Vasquez and uh, Victor Calderon are kind of like the first two that come to mind, just because, you know, that was, that was, you know, the, around the time of Vogue and Dick Tracy and all that, that's when I was, I was a teenager and I was really aware, you know, I wasn't 11 anymore. And I was mm-hmm. much more aware of what she was about and what it meant. And Vogue and Dick Tracy had a huge outsized impact on me. Um, I was like 15, I think something like that. Um, you know, 15, 16 years old. So, um, that, you know, so that, that era is really like where I, you know, I kind of go to in my head when I think of like sort of, you know, like the, 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 the most amazing stuff that sort of came out of, of her and her, you know, universe. It feels like it came out of that era, but, um, the William Orbit stuff, is mm-hmm. so incredible, um, you know. Yeah, and, justify um, my love and erotica; those are two amazing. Yeah, that's that that too. I mean that 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 stuff is really amazing stuff. Um, yeah, I, I love justify my love. I love erotica. Um, the the whole the sex book, and mm-hmm. I mean, like, there's some amazing stuff that as I've gone through my life, um, you know, and this whole thing with Madame X really kind of hit the nail on the head right at the same time that I was kind of going through it in my life. But I've had this conversation with other people where it's like, yeah, she's like talking to you about what's going on in her life. And she's really good at relating that in a way that you relate to in your life. And that, you know, now that I'm a little older and I reflect on it, um, the justify my love and the erotica and the sex book, that's really hitting home for me right now in my life as well. Um, kind of like a self-exploration of sexuality and sensuality and, you know, what is sensuality? What is sexuality? What, you know, what is something, what, you know, what is, what is fetish? What is, I mean, like all these kinds of like existential questions, um, 
you know, or something that like she's kind of like opened her own, uh, you know, her own mind, body and soul to us on as she's mm-hmm. going through this shit. And it's amazing because now that, you know, I've had more experiences and I've, you know, gone through some of these things and thought about some of these things. Um, I mean, it can bring me to tears to think about how much I feel related to by this artist, which is so weird. I mean, like, you know, I was into her when I was 11. I, God knows why, right? right. Maybe with some kind of personality identification thing, you know, but I, I didn't even know who I was at 11. So now to Madonna helped you find yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Right. She has. She really has. I mean, the irony and the weird, um, you know, synchronicity of the Madame X album and these songs, Mm -hmm. I mean, it just can't be overstated. I mean, it just blows my mind. I sit there and I listen to Crave and I think about what I was going through while I was remixing it. And it's just like, I can't Mm -hmm. believe that that's the song that I remix for madonna like it's like this is so fucking wild you know dan is there a song in her catalog that you think needs to be remixed that hasn't been remixed i you know uh i think god control and but batuka are, are amazing and yeah. you know well, tony she, tony would cry if you remixed batuka. but you know what he's right I, though because I, batuka batuka, actually my favorite that was that was my that, that was my choice if i could have chosen anything on that album i i would have said mm-hmm. oh give that please give me that and let me go crazy with that and all, don't you, you think Patuka could have had a really good like tribal moment? You know, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Like this crazy, like you know, tri- tribalismo moment. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I I was already imagining you know cutting up you know the all the acapella pieces into tiny, tiny, tiny pieces and turning them into other other instruments and stuff like that. Um, it, it could have been amazing, but I mean, the song's amazing as it is on its own, and yeah. it's the album in and of itself is such a journey like you know it it's it's so crazy because then you know you watch the you watch all the other material that they shot you know for the videos and and all this other stuff of her like typing on the typewriter and it seems hokey at first like it really did seem hokey to me at first and it's like what is she what is this all about with her eye patch and her this and her that and <laughs> now i'm like my god it's a reflection of like it's a reflection to me of who i was a you know, mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. And it's just completely mind blowing to me. Um, you know, and other people won't relate to it so immediately and, you know, in the moment in their life, but everybody can relate to it. I mean, like I've explained Medellin and my understanding of what Medellin is about to other people and almost everybody gets it right. Anybody who's, you know, gone to a circuit party weekend or a, you know, one of these EDC weekends or whatever, you know, you have that, you know, romance of the weekend type of thing, or you're on a vacation <laughs> and you meet somebody in the next two days, you know, you're inseparable and then you cry because you have to go home and they're leaving and whatever, but it's not real. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you take, you choose whether you take the red pill or the blue pill, but like, that's not real life. <clears throat> and then with Crave, you know, that, that sort of awareness that people that you meet in your life are not, they're not all, um, you know, they're not, they're not all, ready to go, you know, they're, they're not all fair dealers. They're not all, you know, they're not all, you know, good faith actors. Um, mm-hmm. you know, some of them are, some of them have dark motivations. Some of them have really broken pasts and broken childhoods and are just not able to function on a, you know, normal level. Yeah. And no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, no matter how much investigating or detectiving you do, um, you're not able to fix something that is broken and does not want to get fixed. Yeah. No, I think that's why a lot of us feel like Madonna is ahead of her time because, you know, she, 
you know, puts these messages out there and, you know, creates, you know, these ideas and, you know, and it puts it all into her, her music. And sometimes you hear it and you think it's one thing. And then decades later, you're like, oh my God, I completely understand erotica. And it's about me, you know, right. for, for example. Right. You know? Right. So, Dan, let me ask you about your record label, Pump Records. I want to sure. know, um, you know, I want to know about the artists that you're looking, you know, to work with and the artists you are working with and how this um, works together with your DJ career. Well, so uh, yeah, I started Pump Records in 2012. Basically, I was tired of, you know, you know, producing material and then not being able to find an outlet for it that, you know, would get it everywhere, you know, like from Beatport to Spotify and Apple and everything in between. Right. So um, I was lucky enough to kind of meet the right person at the right time. And there's a small group of us uh, gay DJs that all have um, we're all under the same con. We all have independent labels, but we're all mm -hmm. under the same sub-label contract with Orchard, which then got out, bought out by Sony Music. So I have this really incredible um, distribution path that I've had since 2012. So it's really kind of like you know up to me what to do with this thing. And at first, it was just an avenue for me to release my own original stuff um, and be able to like derive income from that. Because a lot of times when you when you remix something for somebody, you know, for example, even Madonna, it's like we knew we were going to get paid well. We didn't exactly know how much we were going to get paid because there was a budget for the big name remixers that she'd already hired. And then there was a budget left over for kind of for everybody else. So then when the final mixes were picked, that money was just going to get divided among everybody who was left. So um, we didn't know what that meant. Um, and I was like, okay, and who knows when I'm going to get paid. And it ended up taking... I don't know, like six months or something to get paid, um, right? <laughs> which is which is totally fine. You know, I'm just glad that I got paid. You know what I mean? But like, I finished the mix in like July, and then I got paid like January fifth or something. So, um, but but you know what? It, but it was worth it. You know, it was worth it. And um, she but, had to wait for the tour money to come in. That's why. <laughs> exactly. Right, you know, the um, we were told that um, since the label stopped um, supporting the budgets after I rise that she was paying all of us out of her own pocket, which was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really cool. You know, like she wasn't going to leave anybody hanging, but like she had to pick up, she had to start picking up costs um, after that because, you know, whatever they're, you know, they're always bickering over like how much, you know, each party is going to pay for how. So that. if anyone's funny wondering, if anyone's wondering why all that tour merchandise costs so much, there you go. <laughs> but Stefan, didn't she say during a couple of the shows that we saw how like she ain't making a dime. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I'm not making a dime off this tour. Yeah, no, this tour, this tour was a really different experience for them. And I know that because on Rebel Heart, you know, I wasn't even associated with uh, Madonna yet personally and you know we were given all this you know all this you know I was taken you know to the show for free and I was sitting there you know right next to her you know as she was like you know jumping around on stage and then mm -hmm. went you know to this amazing after party um and this tour was not like that at all they did not have um any you know friend you know freebie tickets they you know there was no there was nothing they could do and we weren't being offered anything on the remixer end which is usually always done you know if you're on yeah. the package you're you know you're invited you're given vip tickets you you know you're given hospitality backstage stuff or whatever so um so yeah that didn't happen on this tour and all the seats were really 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 expensive so there weren't you know there wasn't like a democratization of ticket prices that would go from you know 
$1,000 to $100. It wasn't like that. Everything was like $500 a ticket or whatever. Um, and it was a more intimate uh, presentation. So, you know, I don't know what that's all about, but that's how it that's how it rolled out. Um, yeah. And I'm just really glad that kind of for all of us that she did the New York World Pride because that was a really big deal. I would have loved to have seen that, but... You know, I, I was on the West Coast at the time, but mm-hmm. um, it's really- I was, I was in New York and I couldn't see it. So, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can watch it on YouTube, right? But, I, yeah. <laughs> but it's just amazing that she did that, that it was, you know, it was such a big deal for New York to get the world pride. It was such a big moment in sort of, you know, U.S. pride, you know, history that, you know, it would, it's New York mm-hmm. world pride. And there's Madonna doing um, the Madame X stuff there. And um, my boyfriend now ended up dancing. He was one of the go-go dancers for the- for the peer dance, you know, after the performance. So it's just really cool. Like, you know, people here in New York really, you know, got a, a, a a taste of her up close Mm -hmm. that you just don't get, you know what I mean? You just don't. So even though this tour was a little more expensive, a little bit more out of reach, a little bit more intimate, a little bit more, you know, you know, whatever. um, At least there was that moment that she did that. Um, yeah, here's hoping that we all get comped uh, the tour film on DVD when it comes out. Hopefully, hey, that, would, that be, would be nice. <laughs> yeah, that would be really cool. Hey, Stefan, I think it's time for the lightning round. Oh, yes. So, Dan, as you might know from listening to the podcast, we ask a little lightning round, speed round for all of our guests. It's just meant to be quick, off the cuff, off the top of your head. Don't think too hard. Um, favorite Madonna song? <laughs> I'd say Vogue. <clears throat> Favorite Madonna video? Um, I would say uh, Justify My Love. Yep. Uh, Favorite Madonna tour? Um, and I'll stay sick, sticky and sweet just because it impacted me so much. Okay. <laughs> Good one. Although, uh, you know what? I, I would say a tie between that and Confessions because the Confessions DVD, and mm-hmm. I'll just say it really quickly, I watched the Confessions DVD at a friend's house uh, tripping on mushrooms and it was the <laughs> single most amazing thing I'd ever seen in my entire life and then I told I told all my friends like I must go to the next Madonna concert and that's when we went to stick in Sweet a year later so nice <laughs> uh, favorite Madonna look and it can be coming from a tour a photo shoot a video um, I would I, I guess I would say my favorite Madonna look hmm Probably, um, probably the the Vogue in the Marie Antoinette um, from the you know, like, video awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was really, really cool and just totally unexpected. And you know, I really love the way that she mishmashes these concepts together and just always comes up with a way of surprising you, mm-hmm. uh, inspiring you, uh, and you know, uh, connecting. So. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to be next? I mean, you know, she just surprised us with that pink hair. So we'll see what <laughs> Madonna has up for us. But Dan, I just wanted to say thank you for coming on and My pleasure, you know, chatting with us, telling us your experiences with Madonna. And um, it's been really cool to like hear how the remix went down, you know, I had no idea how that worked. So Yeah, so if you haven't heard his remix, go on to Spotify mm-hmm. or iTunes and check yeah, it I th- out. I think if, if you um Dan, you can you can tell everyone how to find you on social media. I know you have a link tree in your Instagram account. Yeah, so the the uh the link tree is linktree slash Dan DeLeon. Um you can also go to my website. It has a lot of the social links there too. It's DJDanDeLeon.com. And then of course most of the socials are just at 
DJ Dan DeLeon. So you can go to most of the socials and find me like that. Yeah, you guys got to check out his SoundCloud. There are some really great mixes. I uh, cleaned the house to one the other day, and I highly recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) Your fulsome mix is actually really good. Well, you know, if I can can aim to do what she does, if I can inspire, um, you know, inspire and connect and motivate people to, you know, create things of their own and to do things of their own, I mean, that's that's all any of us can hope to do, I think. That's a great message. Thank you so much, Dan. Thank you, guys. um, You know, I want to thank all of you guys for listening to us every week. Uh, we love putting this together for you. And, you know, we, you know, we're all going through something right now with this pandemic and, you know, with the election coming up. And I think we just need to listen to each other a little bit more and talk to each other a little bit more. Um, you know, this social distance can be physical, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah, you can find us, all of us, at MLBC Podcast on Instagram, and then you can find us at mlbcpodcast.com. And um, yeah, you can find us anywhere that podcasts are heard. And you guys, seriously, don't forget to vote November 3rd. Oh my God, please oh my God. vote, yeah. vote, oh, vote. Yeah. If you, oh. However you have to, kicking and screaming, just get there. Vote, vote, vote like your lives depend yeah. on it. If you're in New York like we are, you can start voting early on Saturday. I can't um, wait. I'll be there. So. <laughs> It'll be a party. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, in case you forget, we'll probably, you know, just start harassing everyone with those Rock the Vote videos on our <laughs> Instagram. So. <laughs> all right well thanks again um want to say thanks to all of you guys and we'll talk to you next time see ya thanks dan bye-bye thank you Love, 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 don't you? Love you like.